Welcome to the Forever a Bull podcast, connecting with the UB stars of the past. Here's your host, voice of the Bulls, Paul Peck. And we have a very special guest on this edition of the Forever a Bull podcast, and it's a timely one because we're a little over a week away from the NFL draft and maybe one of the best UB Bulls NFL draft connection stories is Stephen Means, the Buffalo native who was an outstanding player for UB and then was drafted back in 2013. And Steve joins us on the phone here from his offseason home in Tampa. Steve, how are you? Hope everybody is doing well over there. Hope everybody is safe. Yeah, Paul, we blessed, man. Uh, we're doing real good. I'm just sitting here right now, joining up a couple plays. Um, but yeah, everybody doing real good right now. All right, so so I, I'm doing great, doing great. You know, every, we're kind of everybody's hanging in, trying to stay busy, which has been fun. We've been doing a lot of, of these podcasts <laughs> yeah. and interviews and stuff to keep everybody connected to UB athletics, and uh, and there's a couple of guys on the current team that are kind of hoping to get that same phone call that you got back in 2013. Right. So we're going to start there with Steve. We'll, we'll talk a little bit with Steve about his NFL career that continues, and then we'll kind of circle back around to. Let you talk a little bit about what uh, it was so important to be a part of UB football. So take me back to that April in 2013 uh, NFL draft day. What was your mindset going into it? And take me through how that day, if I recall, you had a pretty good gathering of the means clan there hanging out uh, yeah. waiting to see what the word was coming, right? Yeah, man, it was a, uh, it was a crazy experience. I think we, we kind of like hung out all three days. Um, my agent kind of instructed me the first day, like, you know, um, like don't watch the draft because, you know, it, it kind of get your mind going. So I was, um, like my mom and my mom and my dad and everybody was downstairs and they watched it, but I was upstairs and I was, um, you know, trying to keep my mind off of by playing a game and doing other stuff. But, um, I think the second day we might have left and went to Dave and Buster's. And um, that day, the day of the draft that I got drafted, I was all at it was all at my house that um, I was staying at, and um, it was just like a slow day. It just seemed like slow from the day, you know, the time I woke, time I woke up, and like it just kind of like dragged a little bit. But it was because I was anticipating that 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 phone call. And, um, you know, the draft started and the fourth round went and I just, I had, but I had been told by a couple of teams that I was on their board in the fourth round. So in my head, I kind of thought that's where it was going, where it was going to happen. And, um, so it didn't happen in the fourth round and I kind of like, I like grabbed my head and, and I was just, I started smiling at the TV and I got up and I was like, I got to get out of here. So <laughs> it was real quiet and, you know, I had uh, kind of shook up the, the whole house and I was like, I gotta get out of here. So I went outside and it was me, my youngest brother, and my dad, we were standing outside. And I had put my phone on top of my dad's truck. And uh, me and my youngest brother was outside. My dad was leaning on the truck and me and my youngest brother was playing like, like throw it in a bucket with a football. We was like trying to see who could throw it in a bucket or uh, a basket. And so we, we playing catch and throwing the ball. And um, my phone started ringing, and it was like, I don't remember where the ball was at that time, but I remember, like, and we all looked at each other at the same time. <laughs> and then I just, like, I wasn't near my phone, but I sprinted to my phone. And uh, when I grabbed it, 
they answered it was it was Tampa Bay. You know, they was just you know the typical. Um, hey, Steve means you can't be Buccaneers. You want to know if you want to be a Buck? And, and of course, I you know hysterically just was like, yeah, of course. Um, and so, you know, my mom and my mom had rushed to the door, um, and she was trying to figure out, you know, what what was going on because my little brother came running in the house trying to get her, and so the, she they, they came back to the door, and um. I had put it on speakerphone and I talked to the head coach and a couple of other coaches, D-line coach. And, um, you know, they just started crying. And I'm just was in shock the whole time. And that whole day was a whirlwind. Like, my phone didn't stop ringing from people calling to congratulate me. Um, as I was on the phone trying to do interviews on the, over the phone, I couldn't hear the questions because <laughs> the other line was beeping. It was beeping through. Text messages was coming through. It was a it was a crazy experience. I went to go see my grandfather, my grandmother, um, you know, the whole family. My mom and my dad had through a big uh kind of like a sending off party, um, shortly after that. And then it was just it was an amazing experience. Um it couldn't have been better. It couldn't have been a better experience. The best part about you telling that story is that all parts of your family were involved, from hanging outside right. with your dad, tossing the ball with your brother, your mom, hearing the right. phone running. You know, it's such the culmination of a dream that a lot that million, everybody has, right? The first time you hit right. football, you want to be in the NFL. So did the did that long thought of dream combined with the ability to have all your family members kind of involved in the moment? Did did is that what's the most satisfying to you? Yeah, I think it was the whole entire journey. Like, but 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 like, if if you had to pick one scene, like if if you was for lack of a better word, if it was a movie, and I had to pick one scene of it, that's the most satisfying. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, with knowing the whole build up toward that one moment. And to know all of the turmoil and all of the the hardships and all of the you know the ups too, the downs, the everything mixed in there, um, and then to get to that point where you see like everybody around you, the happiest that they could be for you in that moment, and it wasn't like something that was happening. It was something that was happening to me, but it happened for all of us, and and everybody at that moment was just. Like you know, just taking that, and so yeah, it was definitely. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, what advice would you have for some of those guys on this year's team that are that are probably in the same boat as you? They may be here in late rounds. They don't know. Right. Obviously, this year's circumstances are completely different. But what's your right. advice to some of the guys that you know that we anticipate might hear that call? Another Western New York guy and Evan Kazarzak and Paul Nosworthy mm -hmm. and Joey Banks and Ladarius Mack. What would you tell them? I would tell all four of them guys, man, to just hone in on every single minute. The days are going to go by, the hours, hone in on every minute. And no matter what the situation or the circumstances, what the outcome may be of it, whether you get drafted early, whether you get drafted in the mid-round, late, whether you go priority free agent, whether you get signed later on that day, the next day, whatever the situation may be, Enjoy every moment of it because at the end of the day, 
going in the NFL. And like your dream is being fulfilled. And the biggest thing that you see as soon as you get to the NFL is it don't matter how you got there. Now it's about maximizing the opportunity you have. The earlier you go, the more opportunities you get. And and, and it, the, the opportunities dwindle based on how, how early you got there. But then you, you're going to get an opportunity no matter what. Because they're going to put you in there. Once you get there, you're going to have an opportunity. And a lot of other, a lot of things happen where you get more and more opportunities. But you got to maximize your opportunities. So just hone in and, and, and enjoy the ride. Enjoy the experience of it because it's going to be probably the, the easiest uh, couple of days. Everything else after that is going to be, okay, how do I stay in this league? How do I continue to try to play football for the rest of you know the, the time that I can? And um, I was just telling them just embrace it, embrace it, love it, um, every moment of it, and, and, and just know that you've been you've done everything in your power up to this point. And now it's about resting in your laurels and resting in you know trusting in God and just living in what you already set for yourself. It's pretty amazing that, you know, we build up the draft so much and we just spent 10 minutes talking about it. But but in reality, what you're saying is that to that point, when you get that call, everything, nothing really matters from the point after that call. Exactly. <laughs> you waste your whole life to get to that one point, that one moment. Like, I remember I used to say, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen to me, but I just want to. I just want to make it to see if I would if I make it to the NFL. Like that's how I used to think, and I used to say that out loud a lot of the time. And I used to be like, "Man, I just want to, I just, I just want to see if I if I make it to the NFL." And then once you get to that point, like you said, it, that's totally right the way. Now the 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 one and only thought process is how do I make it another day? How do I stay one more day? Every single day, that's the thought process. Well, as we, you know, as you look on your career, you could not sum up your NFL career, which is now heading towards its seventh year, any better right. than that. You know, Tampa for a couple right. of years after the draft, then Baltimore for a little while. Then you get hurt. Then you go to Houston. Then then Philly, and we're going to talk more about Philly in a minute. And then now Atlanta. Then you get hurt. Now you're fighting your way back. I mean, you, you it yeah. is always it, it, unlike a lot of guys, or maybe let me put it this way: unlike what a lot of people think, I think you're going to tell me most NFL guys are kind of living for the next day, like you have. Yeah, and that that's the that's the makeup of the NFL. You got pop out guys that get the maximum contract that get you know um, the the ability to be able to take chances and nobody has it easy in the NFL. Nobody has it for granted in the NFL. But you got more. You got guys that can take more chances and take more risks and you know be able to kind of like breathe above head over water, as you could say. But the, the, the NFL was made up of majority of guys that's scratching and clawing at every single bit that can't leave a crumb out there on the field. I got to put it all in. And, and, and like you said, my journey has been that makeup, and I, I wouldn't ask for nothing different of it. 
All right, so the, so nothing epitomizes that better than your time spent in Philadelphia, 2016 and 2017. Right. And what right. and and what I know about that, and what you and I have talked about that, is you had to pick up the crumbs of a much different approach when you were there, right. and, and and you had to grab a hold of a change in your mind, which said it's not always it's not going to be about me, it's going to be about the team, because for people that aren't familiar. Um, Philly wins a Super Bowl during the time that you're there and uh, guys like Jason Peters and Lane Johnson have always come out and praised what you did as a scout team guy to help them get ready for their games so how do you get to the point and when do you get to the point where you say I want to play but if I'm not going to play I'm going to make everybody else around me better man Paul it it was tough um I, I always went higher, and that that takes me back to little league, through high school, all the way to college. And I remember a specific practice in college where I wasn't going as hard as I could. And Jackie Oliver, my defensive line coach, he put me to the side in the middle of practice. And he's like, "What are you doing? You, you, you know, like you can't practice." Lacks of days ago, and then go and turn it on in the game and just be phenomenal. And it clicked right there, it clicked. And I started going hard every, every day at practice. But then when I got to the NFL, when I specifically when you talk about Philly, I was that that mentality was there. It was it was mixed with with being angry about not being able to play. It was mixed with trying to help my teammates in every single way I could. Um, it was mixed with trying to prove that these are the starters that y'all put out there on Sunday. And if I'm beating them on every single play, how am I not good enough to shoot up? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it was mixed in with a lot of stuff. And it, I, I can say that being in Philly, the teammates, all of the assistant coaches, every single last one of them, um, they kept me in that same mindset where even if you, you come in and one day and you feel like, Yo, I, I don't know if if I can keep doing it because I want to play that bad. Like somebody would come up to me out of nowhere and just be like, man, I don't know how you not playing, but you just keep doing what you're doing. And one day you're going to have a chance. I'm talking about some starters. This is coaches, offensive line coaches, the D-line coach coordinated anybody who who in the building they're like man I ain't never seen nobody practice as hard as you so when Lane Johnson go to the GM and tell him I'm giving Steve Means my playoff check because he's the reason why we here to the point where Lane Johnson come up to me and tell me in the middle of a game when he blocking Von Miller um, <laughs> the same in Super Bowl we be beating Denver bad, and it's, it's over. You know, um, the game pretty much closed out, and he come over there pulling the shoulder pads off, and he come directly over to me, and he was like, if I make it to the Pro Bowl, you coming with me. Hmm. It was just stuff like that, like, all the time. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, this, that. Like, like you said, Jason Peters, just those like guys like that just keeping in my head, like, yo, I don't know what's going on with you, but Whenever that opportunity comes, 
you can make the most of it because you're supposed to be out there. So, so, so how, so, so how do you and any NFL player justify the fact that you're doing everything you can? You're you're being praised by your coaches. You're being praised by your teammates. Yet, life in the NFL is they draft another defensive end somewhere along the line. They sign another right. defensive end. You've been released a couple of times. I mean, even Philly for all that good stuff, they let you go. How right. we're all humans. How how do you wrap your head around what else can I possibly do to get my chance? But my chance doesn't come. Um, the reality, the reality of it is uh, politics, right? So I can sit here and I can sugarcoat it and try to keep it as, as bland as, as, as some people might want me to, but the reality of it is politics. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's for all of my fellow UB draftees that's getting ready to get drafted. Politics will kick into play. I never heard somebody tell me to my face politics until I got released from Philly. And I sat in the game office and to my face, I'm like, what? Like anytime I ever, anytime they put me in a game, I got a sack. Mm-hmm. Special teams, they, they dress me up, I block a punt. So, it, you know, they, they put me in the game and they tell me, okay, this, we're going to give you a chance against uh, Dallas. Jack Beck Prescott. I get a couple hurries on them, tackles, the loss, the whole nine. Maxing them, what, what, what more could I have to do with the opportunities I was given? He told me straight up to my face. The politics, the pedigree of, of your situation, you behind guys that have dropped the first round, you behind big money contract guys, and we, like essentially not, not seeing it, but what, what we all know to be true in the NFL is you got to play who you pay. Yep. And so, like, that's the reality of it. But for me, internally, it's more about me, it's more about my pride, about, you know, my, my self dignity. I go back home and I watch these practices. I record them on my phone, my clips and my highlights, and I was watching over and over again, trying to, you know, I, I had battles with myself to see, okay, I, I sat Carson four times today. Let me see if I can get him five tomorrow. You know, I got, I'm, I'm chasing him around the backfield, and he, I'm, you know, he turning around, trying to push me away from him. Or, you know, so it, it's kind of, it got to be inside of you. You got to have that blood that's pumping that's going, that, that, that nobody going to be able to turn you around from that. Boy, that's uh, that's that's a it's great to be able to do that. But the reality of, like you said, ultimately it does kind of matter where you get picked, and it can sometimes be hard to wrap your head around. All right, this is the Forever a Bull podcast, so I do want to talk a little bit about your your career in Buffalo with the Bulls, two thousand nine to two thousand twelve. You kind of come in at the end of the Turner Gill era, sort of fresh off the MAC championship, little bit of the transition with a new coach, little. transition to a new era with the Khalil Mack and Brandon Oliver years. So what, what jumps out at you most? What are your fondest memories of your time with the Bulls? Man, um, I, I think my, my first year playing was under the turn of the era. Um, Brian Mock and Coach Moose, we called them. He used to he used to get after me, and you could tell it was all just because he seen what I had in me, my potential, um, love what he saw out of me. We talk still to this day, and um, 
they they put me on the edge and they let me go after often a lot of the time. Um, I remember my first track against Gardner Webb, and then I got another one later in that game. And after that, it was just you know I put I put my ears back, and the next game I think I got two more. But um, that year was definitely a highlight for me. Um, and then you know seeing the likes of Khalil Mack, like you said, and Oliver. I remember that specific year that we talked about Tunnel Deal. Um, they was on their scout teams then. Yeah, they were um, both so red-shirted it, in 2009. Yeah, they were right. So we had to go against Ben Oliver on defense, and our, our offense had to go against Matt. And Matt wasn't a DM, he wasn't an outside linebacker. He was, he came in as a middle linebacker. And Brandon Oliver was always a running back. And I remember Turner Gill coming to me specifically and asking me, like, hey, what you think about um, that running back situation? And I won't bring up other guys' names, but he talked about Brandon Oliver. And he was like, who do you think better between Brandon Oliver and Fletcher? And I said, both. I'm like, both. <laughs> and. He smiled and kind of like, you know, he had that like reassurance look on his face like, yeah, I knew, I knew you would say that and kind of like walked away with a smile. And I didn't think they were reassuring but they did, but it was all part of Colonel Bill playing and trying to give him an extra year, yep. which worked out to his benefit. But um, I remember, and like we always, as, as freshmen, we always had our like big freshman game and um, we would line up against the whole, like, they would line up offensive defense, all freshmen. And, um, I remember, <laughs> I remember, uh, seeing Mac at middle linebacker, and we was all on the sidelines, it was cold, it was during spring ball, and, I, I don't remember who the quarterback was, but they, they hiked the ball, and Mac came flying through the middle on the blitz, and blew up whoever the running back was. And we didn't know who hit who. We just heard it. <laughs> and we all went crazy. And that, that was probably his, like, spark of, like, yeah, I'm here. And um, Bo used to always tear our defense up in the backfield. Like, he would shoot people and spin out of tackles. And we'd be really, we're not even supposed to tackle him. Like, we'd be trying to tackle him because he was embarrassing us. And he was always that type of thing. But um, going, going through that time with both of them guys, uh, a lot of my other teams, like those are the experiences that does touch me. Like, I get a sack and Matt come out of nowhere and he pushing me and celebrating with me. As soon as he get when I'm jumping on the top of his helmet, and then we both get one together and now we we doing the same thing. We trying to fight to see who's gonna get up off the ground first, and we fighting for the ball in the middle of a tackle. Those type of plays and then those type of games and moments. Those is what I'm going to never forget. Those are the ones that mean most to me. 19 and a half career sacks. That's fifth all time yep. in, in UB history. You had 29 and a half tackles for loss. That's top 10. You even had five block kicks. When did you, <laughs> when did you realize that, you know, as a kid coming from Grover Cleveland High School in Buffalo, when did you realize that you could play at this level and play well? And then when did you realize that you might have a shot to play at the next level? I never, I, I always wanted to. I, I wanted to be the kid to go right from high school to the NFL, but <laughs> you can't do that in football, right? So, um, I never really, like, thought about it like that, I don't think. I always wanted to. That was my, my end goal. But 
I'm never really quite said like, oh, I think I'm good enough to to make it. Um, when I was growing up, I just always like that was my my goal, and I always strive for that. I talked to my cousin two days ago, and, and he even said like, remember when I used to laugh at the facial expressions you used to make while you was working out? Like I would be lifting weights, and and you know you gotta you gotta get those grunt faces and um and all those ugly faces while you. You want your last rep and you're trying to push out to the max. And he would like to sit there and laugh as hard as he could at those faces. And um, it, it, was, it was like those, in those moments is what I was trying to strive for, for this moment. But I never ever felt like when I was in high school, like, yeah, I think I'm good enough to play. Um, and even I just always hoped like I could make it. And, and, and I felt like I would always get here. But it was just a matter of when and how. Uh, that's pretty good stuff. That that really is that that's really interesting to hear. And and uh, what? How much? Uh, how much are, do you try to stay locked in with what's going on at UB now? How much co- you know connection do you have with the guys? And how proud are you of where this program has come, even in the short amount of time from since you've left to kind of take some next steps? Man, I text the head guy, I think probably four or five times this season. Just not even on, like, I mean, a couple of texts probably was like, congrats on the big win or, or something like that. But it, most of the texts were, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for where you brought this program. Um, he texted me back with, you know, the heartfelt text and, you know, that mean a lot to me. And, um, whenever I'm in Buffalo, come up to the new indoor, like to see how it transformed. Like, like I remember my last game in Bowling Green, we lost the game, and then I we had to do an interview after. And um, yeah, I think you had, you got I stuck dealing with me. I think if I remember, and, yeah. and it was so <laughs> cold there. That was in the soccer so stadium cool. against yeah. Bowling Green, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and they and they asked they asked me and uh, I think it was Isaac Ball. Delonte Wallace and uh, Willie Mosley, who was all seniors, they lined us all up in the access. Um, you know, like, how do we feel we left UB? And I said, like, we might have lost the battle with not being able to have in on uh, a bowl game season or a match championship season. And I, but I said, well, but I, but I believe we won the war, and the war. I was talking to referring to is that I feel like we started the turn to you know the turnaround to get into back to those winning seasons and the year after that you know we handed the torches off to Mac and Bo and a couple other guys and right away it was bowl game appearance it was uh, one game shy of the night championship and then you see him now and you watch him two years ago and, and it's like yo like I'm walking around the locker room with my my shirt's on. I got Cal Fisher here, alumni. He's sending me gear, and I'm I'm wearing it. And people are like Buffalo. I'm like, yeah. What? <laughs> I'm betting people from Penn State even this year. I'm like, how much push-ups you want to bet? Like, we how much push-ups you want to bet? We we beat y'all. And then at halftime, they they uh, texting me with the with the old shoot eyes emoji, <laughs> like whoa, you know, because we up we up at halftime, and um, I I keep in touch, and I, and I always I'm always looking. At the, at the scores and trying to see the game on TV. I'm always watching. I'm always looped in. I might put a post. I might splash a post here and there on social media. 
But um, man, I, I couldn't be more proud at the way the program looked now. Uh, I went back there during the off season uh, last year, and um, the year before every year. Um, but I, I went back specifically to talk to the guy uh, right after the Super Bowl. Win. Just to, to the team after like a, um, I believe it was like a spring workout. Mm-hmm. Just to let them know my whole journey on adversity. Uh, talk about every step of the way for me in the NFL. Trying to give them some insight, uh, some motivation, and, and just like bring it, bring it back home, and, and just like show them like, yeah, I came from these exact these in the turf that y'all running on. I ran on these exact arms. I tried to understand why the whole stadium was empty during training camp. Thinking like, man, I'm gonna dominate this field. Like, I'm gonna come back to this field one day, knowing like I dominated it, and this what took me to the next level. And just showing them like, coming from here, you can be a Super Bowl champ. And um, you know, but yeah, I stay looped in all the time with the UB football team. Came back for the UB basketball game a couple of years ago. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I love I love University of Buffalo, Buffalo, the, the city particularly. I know, I know. In the NFL, you guys, it, 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 there's so much locker room talk about the colleges, about where you guys went right. to school. So, as you've been in a lot of different locker rooms, have you seen people now know? Like you said, you're wearing your Buffalo gear. They get who you are. Yeah. They know where where yeah. guys are from. Has is right. is that how you know things have changed? That's a fact. Um, I remember coming out and, and they would be like, "Where did you? What college you went to?" And I was like, "Buffalo." Like Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. With the snow, <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, like, what conference is that? Like, like it was like that bad almost. Um, and then the team now, like I say, Buffalo, and they're like, oh, like it just clicked right away. And then you know they're like, oh, okay, I right, yeah, we we know Buffalo. Uh, and and it's like, oh, they be you kind. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And it's like, oh, Matt, you know they they tie tie in a lot right. of stuff now when they think about Buffalo instead of like snow or cold or you know what conferences so yeah that's well, that's good. That's a that's a good sign to, uh, and, and that right, all goes right. towards winning and building the program. Uh, finally, Steve, as we wrap up here with you on the Forever Bull Podcast, what does it mean to you to be a Buffalo guy, born here, raised here, high school here, to play at Buffalo, and now be able to spread this city beyond into the NFL? How how do you reflect back on on this incredible journey of yours? Mm. I wouldn't paint my picture not one brush stroke different. Um, every single moment, every single thing that happened, um, it was it was etched in the perfect fashion. Uh, coming, like you said, to to go to be like the most breaded Buffalo player coming out. You talk about Buffalo public schools, elementary, grammar school, Buffalo public high school. Stay here in a Buffalo college, not leave and go nowhere else. Um, had my pro day at the Buffalo Bill Stadium. Um, you know, and, and to, to be a Buffalo native and to see like to look back and you take me back to all these memories that I that I don't I don't like stroll down memory lane often, but when you when you talk to me about this stuff, it just it means more to me than, than what, what you can put in words. 
and, and I know I carry it with me every day. Um, and, and people see it through me a lot of the time. And they like in Atlanta here with this team. This team has been the best organization I've ever been a part of. And to know how much they value me and appreciate me, and to to know I came into that building as a free agent, not as a draftee, not as as a free agent off the street. Um, they brought me in and they gave me an opportunity as if I was a draft pick. And I take full advantage of the opportunity to where I'm starting at the towards the end of the season and all the way through the rest of those games. And then they bring me back and tell me I'm going to be the starting base end. And then they give me that chance. And, like, it, it's just, how, how better can you write the story? Like, nobody, nobody hates to see the underdog win at the end of the story and that's that's where I'm on my way to and, and I'm doing it for seven one six. I'm doing it for the entire city of Buffalo. And and when I come back, the next time I come back, you're gonna see it's gonna be a big difference in, in the way just like how you said they they look at Buffalo and they, they think of Buffalo different when I talk about it in the locker room, when I say my name, my name gonna be, be thought about different when people talk about it like oh yeah see, 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 yeah that guy yeah I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> well we can't wait yeah we can't wait we're, we're excited to see you I know you're back you're healthy and when everybody gets to back to work here we can't wait to see you in those uh, fancy new looking Atlanta Falcon uniforms oh, and yeah. wreaking havoc <laughs> wreaking havoc down there in Atlanta hey Steve best to your family mm-hmm. uh, and you know enjoy what time we have left in the off season and once again we'll look forward to seeing you when football gets back to work always fun to catch up with one of the all-time greats bulls defensive ends steve means joining us it's the forever a bull podcast once a bull always a bull this has been a production of bulls digital